favorite. It's not just a slogan, it's a way of life. For franchise and fan alike, faithful to an entire region known for its hardworking people, unique culture, ruggedly beautiful landscapes, and rich history. San Francisco, the most interesting city in the Union. The San Francisco 49ers have been faithful to the Bay since 1946. Loyalty never goes out of stock. Times change, regions evolve, but the faithful never waver. 49ers fandom is passed down from one generation to the next. This is your grandmother's football team, but with a modern-day attitude. Feels great, baby. We put on for our city and beyond. This is the land of red and gold and sterling silver. This is championship country. This is the capital of innovation. This is the Bay. And we're as faithful to you and this area as you are to this franchise. It's time for a new era. It's time to create new memories and new history. But all the new memories and new history just add to an established and evolving legacy. Nothing is replaced, only built on. And through it all, one thing remains constant. Faith. Our fans, our team, will always be faithful to the best. And welcome to Niners Radio. I'm your host, Brian, and we uh, will have Jeff that's uh, substituting for Rick Lindsay today. Fortunately, is still under the weather. And uh, we have Ryan Sakamoto, Jamie Winborn, and John Taylor today. So let's uh, start out with Ryan. Let's get Ryan on here. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Good. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ryan. And uh, obviously, um, people know you. Absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> and obviously, now you cover the NFL Insider for Football Writers Association. Uh, obviously, uh, you have a podcast called... Uh, don't cross the beast with Randy Cross, uh, and obviously, if you were uh, born in the eighties, you absolutely know who Randy Cross is. And uh, the huddle with Randy Cross, Sean Salisbury, Tom McManus, Glenn Parker on Thursdays at eight p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so you got a lot going on, right now. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's just a few of the things. I also have a newsletter. Um, my YouTube channel, of course, that I try to wrap up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of interviews in between. So it's been uh, ever since I stepped out of this, just covering the San Francisco 49ers and the entire NFL. Now it's kind of been one of those things where it's really uh, challenging to cover all 32. But at the end of the day, that's what makes it fun for me. So it's a challenge, but one that I'm always looking forward to strive and get better and improve on. Because the way I see things is, if you don't know what's going around the entire NFL and you're just focused on your team, 
yeah. or the team that you're rooting for, or whatever the case may be, you're going to lose the pulse of exactly what's going on come playoff time, come draft time. And that's really how I kind of built up my, my following is just by getting a better knowledge and understanding of the entire NFL and then also building up those relationships at the same time. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, when I started, when we started nine years ago, um, our friend uh, Teron Davenport, which I know you're real close with, um, you know, he's traveled to a couple teams and kind of took the same mm-hmm. route, covered the 49ers and kind of went on from there. And, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, now he's with Tennessee. Uh, now he's with Tennessee. Yeah. So. Yeah, Tennessee. It's, funny. It's, funny, uh, it's funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, Toronto, great guy, great guy. Um, yeah, so, uh, so so let's talk about this upcoming game. Um, you know, as, as we talked about, well, we will talk about a little bit um, from last week, um, you know, Tom Compton obviously had his struggles. Um, so, you know, obviously the challenge at that right tackle position, if he struggles – should Jalen Moore be ready? I know the last couple of weeks um, he's been uh, inactive. However, um, I don't think you can uh, have a situation like it was last week where you have Kittles obviously going um, out and routes and uh, not able to help him out uh, on chips. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he better be. Yeah, Tom Compton better be ready, and Jalen Moore better be ready because this is a playoffs. And again, no one cares about injuries. That's that's kind of the excuse that people try to use. Oh, well, we didn't have this player, that's why we lost the game. It's like everybody's banged up, man. And so you just got to gut it out. It's all about having good depth. Uh, Randy Miller, uh, for those uh, you probably familiar with Randy Miller, but he was the GM of the yeah. Saints during his time in the NFC mm-hmm. West and was named executive of the year, and so me and Randy talking, a good friend of mine, and we talk about this. You know, you, you, you build your football team in one of two ways, right? You can get depth, but you need to have good depth. And I think at this point, the Niners, for whatever reason, they didn't really solidify the offensive tackle position because they thought right tackle Mike McGlinchey was the answer. Well, once year three hit, we kind of figured out, like, hey, look, maybe we should try to get someone and now that he's going down to injury, who do they have as backup? Uh, you have Tom Compton there, and he was just blown right off the ball. The get-off from Rashawn Gary, the get-off from all those outside linebackers with the Darius sure. Smith coming back, and, and Whitney Merciless. So these guys really were really getting to Tom Compton. And you can see on the sideline, Chris Forster talking to him, hey, what's going on, man? Like, how come, you, how come you're getting pushed back? What's going on with your ticket? Like, what's going on there? And I think what it comes down to is the Niners just don't have good depth. Now you hide that because of the inside zone, outside zone run, and you can kind of protect these offensive tackles because they're not very – they're not the biggest but or the fastest, but they are very yeah. athletic and you can kind of leverage their splits. But when you have a guy like Jalen Moore, and people tend to forget this, Colton McKivitt started week 18, right, uh, for yeah. left tackle Trent Williams. And people tend to forget he was a healthy scratch for all the, the whole entire season. In fact, he was cut as a last-man roster cut, and they kept Tom Compton. So for me, when you look at starting Colton McKivitt over a guy like Jalen Moore, who's supposed to be the swing tackle, that says something. That tells me that it's a red flag, and 
Kyle Shanahan in the must-win game, because let's be honest, Week 18 was a playoff game for the 49ers. Winning, they're in. Losing, they're out. So it's a red flag for me, and I just hope that Jalen Moore is ready if Tom Compton is struggling because it's going to be a battle down in the trenches, and we all know how this game is going to be a statement game for both teams because the Rams are getting embarrassed left and right year in and year out while the Niners are just gutting it out and finding a way to get uh, get the job done. So it's going to be something to watch um, definitely in this in this upcoming game. No, absolutely, which uh, brings me to my next question. You know, obviously uh, the 49ers will try to run the ball as much as, you know, Kyle can. Uh, but if the run does get stopped – what would be the best way to attack the the Rams scheme um, if that if that is taken away from the 49ers? You know, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And when you face a divisional opponent, whether they be the Saints versus the Falcons or whether it be the Niners versus the Rams, we all seen trick plays. And we've seen it this year with Travis Homer against the Seattle Seahawks on that special teams play where he – basically leaked out, got the ball, and he was gone for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I think if Kyle Shanahan understands this and if he notices that the run game is unable to establish any type of presence down in the trenches, he's going to have to use a trick play play to keep defenses honest. Uh, In in this case, it's uh, Los Angeles Rams. So I would think they would use a trick play with use check on maybe a flea flicker, if you remember last year or a couple years ago, I can't remember the exact game. It was against the Arizona Cardinals. I believe it was in Arizona. And they used Brandon Ayuk from a halfback toss end around. And I think you can kind of see that. So you'll see them running an outside zone run with Elijah Mitchell. And Elijah Mitchell just pitches it back to Brandon Ayuk or whoever that wide receiver is coming across the green. And then he will have run kind of like a run pass option type of deal where he can run the ball or he can throw it to maybe Debo Samuel. We've seen it in week 18 with Debo Samuel throwing it to Jawan Jennings, and that left Jalen Ramsey out in the blue, like, what the heck's going on? And he was beaten on that play because he was peeking in the backfield and neglecting his own assignment. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is a guy that I think you should be attacking. In my grading system, I have my own algorithm. I don't rely on PFF or anything else. Uh, I actually have my own grading system. I grade every single snap of, of the top players around the league whether it be Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey. And the reason why Jalen Ramsey was struggling last week, or sorry, the last game of the year, is because you saw this. You, you saw Kyle Shanahan using a lot, of, a lot of plays to where you can kind of take Jalen Ramsey out of his element. I mean, in my, by my estimation and my grades, he was targeted so much, and he gave up 120 yards, and including that touchdown to Jawan Jennings. So, when you look mm-hmm. at that and then you double down on those games from the Tampa Bay game that we just witnessed, he gave up another touchdown. So is Jalen Ramsey being disciplined in this deep playoff run, or is he just looking to get that pick, that pick six, right? Is he just looking to make a play on the ball? Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're not playing sound defense, Kyle Shanahan is going to expose you. And I think if I was Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to take advantage. He graded at a negative two out of a 10 in week 18 against the Niners. So that was his lowest grade of any game I graded of him that he played in. And if you look at that, that's what I would do. I would target Jalen Ramsey because, let's face it, Jalen Ramsey and Bill Walsh would tell you this. Hey, you have that. You think he's the best 
freaking cornerback. Okay, we're going to attack you and see that he, you know, we're going to, he's going to prove it. He's got to prove it. Yeah. So don't play scared. You have to play to win. And that's what I see happening. Also, don't be surprised if Trey Lance gets inserted in some kind of goal line situation in situational football where you can use Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo on kind of like a double pass play. Uh, so those are some things to look for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the running game is going to get going. I don't think it's going to be a problem. But if it doesn't, you have to look to think outside the box, so to speak, in order to kind of gain momentum back from the opposing team. Yeah, and, and then really, um, my you know, the one question I have is, you know, obviously everyone knows the six games, wins in a row. Um have you seen anything on tape that Kyle attacks and it's something that the Rams defense scheme cannot stop and you see it over and over in in these games that they win where they just have trouble with a certain maybe a certain package, a certain a certain scheme. Um, you know, what have you seen in these six games that the 49ers have taken advantage of, I guess would be my question. It's, it's really the 21 personnel with Kyle Juszczyk. I think it all starts there. Because when you have Kyle Juszczyk there, he can do a lot of different things, just even as a decoy. And what you see with Kyle Juszczyk being used as an extra blocker, um, and you see it with the Bengals and the Titans and the Packers, right? You see what these teams are doing. They're using what's called a bare front. Uh, the Rams, they sometimes use a bare front, but they just don't have the personnel to match up seven. Now you can argue they have the oh, well, the, they have Aaron Donald, they have Von Miller, they have Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. You can name people, and those guys are great players. But you got to remember, if you were to ask me who I, I who I would rather have as a defensive front seven collectively, give me the Green Bay Packers over the LA Rams in facing the San Francisco 49ers because as you know, it's a game of matchups. And I don't think the Rams match up well on that defensive front seven because what they have is they have speed on the edges, right? They have a lot of speed yep. on the edges with Von Mera and, and Leonard Floyd. But what they lack in giving up speed or, or having speed is they give up rush lane integrity, right? And you can kind of leverage that because, let's face it, Leonard Floyd is light in the box, right? He's light in the butt. So you can kind of mm-hmm. move him off his spot in the run game. And then you win time of possession. So, again, it's a game of uh, – in a game of chess, if you play checkers, it's going to be checkmate. And I think that's why Kyle Shanahan is kind of looking and has McVay's number because he knows, hey, look, it's going to be a numbers game down in the trenches, and we know where we're going. But your, your defense has to react to what we're doing. Unfortunately, you don't have a nose tackle who can eat up double teams religiously and still make plays yeah. at or near behind the line of scrimmage. And if you line up Aaron Donald in a three or five technique or wherever the case may be, we're just going to run the other way. And, and you can't stop it. You cannot stop it because you can ask Troy Reader to do it. No, he can't. He can't do it. He's, he's just not very good. So Traven Howard, is he going to do it? I don't think so. And so I think that's where the biggest matchup problem that the 49ers have, are giving NFL teams is all these teams are built for the pass. They're not really built for the run. The Tampa Bay Bucks are built for the run and the pass, but how many defenses? They're, they're not even a, a question now because now they're, they got knocked out by the Rams on the left second. I guess you can say Hail Mary top of a play with Cooper Cup there. Sure, sure. Yeah, it pretty much was. Uh, it looked like a zero blitz. Um, and, you know, my I guess my last question for you is, as you look at these uh-huh. two teams that have been playing, you know, uh-huh. Very good ball. It looks like the 49ers, maybe the uh, 
maybe the hotter team right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what's your gut feeling at the end of uh, Sunday? Uh, do you like the Rams or do you, do you like the 49ers when it comes to it? That's a great question because I've been going back and forth. You know, the bias in me will always say the Niners. I mean, come on. Sure. Right? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, we all want the Niners. Um, <laughs> and I tweeted this stuff out, right? I don't know if you uh, – uh, uh, my tweets, but uh, my tw- my, on my Twitter mm-hmm. I put up, you know, the last time the Niners faced the Rams in the NFC Championship game was back in 1989, and they beat the Rams 33 at Candlestick to go on to the Super Bowl to face, to face the Cincinnati – or, sorry – to face the Denver Broncos, who they beat 55 to 10. So if history is going to repeat itself, here we are. And and then you take it a step further, right? NFC Championship games have faced divisional opponents six times in the last uh, since 1970. So since 1970, divisional opponents faced in the NFC Championship game against each other six times. The home team winning five of those six times. What happens is now we have Levi South, so this is really going to be a neutralized game for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm kind of, kind of like 50-50 on that one. I think this game, at the end of the day, is going to come down to whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is going to screw it up or not screw it up. I, I mean, let's face it. He's going to target George mm-hmm. Kittle on third downs and the money downs. And the Rams know it. Taylor Rapp's coming back from a concussion. He's very smart. And in fact, I would say he's top 10 safeties in terms of being a film junkie. And so when you see that and you see Kayla Rapp and the way he's leveraging his puts pre-snap, when you talk about watching film and watching coaches film, you really see what he's doing on the back end there. And if he can kind of bait Jimmy Garoppolo into thinking that it's a cover three or a cover two or whatever the case may be, and he just kind of climbs up that hot route that George Kittle is, seems to be open down the scenes when he's not, then we're going to have run into some problems. But at the end of the day, I just think – Right now, the 49ers are so hot right now. How can you pick against them? So I think they're going to win this game in a close one. I know the spread right now is three and a half, but I think the Niners are going to win 23-20. There we go. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, showing showing your, uh, obviously, all your knowledge here. Uh, go check out Ryan at, uh, obviously, a lot, a lot. No, you as the beast writer. So um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, enjoy the games. Enjoy the games this weekend. Yeah, you too. You too. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, uh, I'll be happy to hop on anytime, my man. Thank you so much, man. Always All right. Always a pleasure hopping on your show. Thanks so much, Ryan. Take care. And that was Ryan Takamoto, obviously known as Beast Rider. And you can, again, uh, lots of podcasts, lots of going on there for Ryan. Lots of going on there for Ryan. So, um, so yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, and then, um, so um, we have now, um, we are going to, we had an earlier interview uh, with Mr. Jamie Winborn. Uh, Jamie is um, recovering from a um, neck surgery that he had last week. Um, so earlier today we had an interview with him, so we are going to now, uh, play that. And then, uh, after that, we'll be back and, uh, we'll talk about this, obviously, you know, the, the Rams and, uh, the ticket issues and, um, all this crazy stuff. Um, so you're listening to Niners Radio and here's our interview with Jimmy Wimborne. 
And now I'd like to welcome Mr. Jamie Winborn. Jamie, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful over here. Um, you know, uh, coming into that three and five, uh, if you would have told me that we're we're in the championship game, um, that's crazy. I mean, what, what are your thoughts uh, on this little run that uh, seems like the 49ers have been the hot team coming in? Well, I mean, you know, I, I told a lot of people in the beginning, you know, you know, we just have to wait and see how things shake, shake out and how things pan out. And, you know, sometimes you don't need as much as you, you thought you would initially need in the beginning to make it to the playoffs. And then, you know, things just started gelling toward the end there, you know. And, you know, that just takes time. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. It just started coming together. The offense, you know, Jimmy came back and, you know, was able to, you know, they were they were making the plays, you know, to win the ball game, the close ball games and stuff, so. You know, and once you get in the playoffs, I mean, it's it's clear scoreboard, 0-0. So, every team's dangerous, and, you know, it, you just have to be the better team on that day. You don't have to be the best best team statistically or any of that kind of stuff. Just put up more points that day than the other team. Oh, absolutely. Now, obviously, you know, with the 49ers winning six in a row, obviously the Rams have, I'm sure, some doubt in their heads right now. Um, even though coming off the impressive uh, win over Tampa, um, you know it, it's it's got to be it's got to be in their head a little. Um, now going into a championship game like this, um, you know what was your guys' mindset? You know, obviously going into a playoff game. I mean, what what usually goes on the week before week before a playoff game? Um, you know, the main thing is, you know, to not let it be overwhelming, um, you know, to make, you know, it's still another game. It's just a football game. But the biggest keys, the biggest thing is that in the playoffs, a team's going to come out with everything that they have. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to typically throw everything at you that they can throw at you, hopefully try to confuse you. Now's the time where it's just time to, Stay true to the rules of your defense. Stay true to the rules on offense. You know, stick to the to the to the to the things that you know to be true, and that's what's going to help you because you're going to see something that you're not familiar with seeing, and that's when mm-hmm. you know the rules that you have on that particular play have to come to, to to fruition. They have to pop up in your mind. I mean, I, generally a coach probably goes over a lot of the plays. I mean, you know, different checks and stuff. Or what if this happens? This is what we need to do. If and if we don't understand and everybody's confused, check to this. Let's go to this. Um, you know, one of those. You know, one of those safety precautions. You know, and um, you know, and the rest is just have fun. You know, we don't. You only get here. You don't get here all the time. It's tough to get there. It's extremely tough to get there. It's not guaranteed that you'll get back there again. So you want to take advantage of it. Um, and that, and that's what the coach is telling the guys. You know, it's just another game, but it's an opportunity. This is what we wanted to. This is where we wanted to be from day one in training camp and OTAs. This was the goal, was part of the goal, and we have to overcome this to get to the next level. And um, you know, I think the guys are going to be fired up, man. I, I think they're going to be ready to roll. And I, I know yeah, I, I... that. Well, you know, the the Rams. You know, you guys were. 
one play, I don't know what it is with this cover three defense these guys have been running out here. I, I thought you saw um, um, the, the Chiefs go down the field and kill on that play, on that coverage. And, and you also, the Rams, that's the only reason they were actually in there. You were one play away from not being in, the, in this thing again. So they know that, you know, all the rules that I just said, the things that I just said, you know, you're in the playoffs, this is it. Win or go home. I mean, they know that the 49ers are a dangerous team because you know last game wasn't even one of our better games. No, it wasn't. Honestly, no. I, it, it, you know that was just like you know I want to say that was like a 55 grade out of 100 for us on offense how we did it, and you know it was decent on defense. We did create a couple turnovers that helped out, and you know some special team stuff, but we, that wasn't a complete game for us. So, you know, I'm pretty sure the coach is telling the Rams, or the Rams are telling them the, the players, hey, that team didn't play all that good last week and they won. So we got to we gotta come with our A game today. And um, and I'm sure they'll come with theirs too. So, you know, it's, it's just going to be a game to see who wants it the most and who makes the, 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 the minimal amount of mistakes. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's fun to see – especially last week, and, you know, that defense was just flying to the ball. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, seemed to get a little confused with, with which, what defense they were playing. And uh, that's really hard, usually, uh, especially for someone like Aaron Rod- Rodgers' caliber uh, to be put in that situation. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, there was enough pass pressure and you know the guys were doing their thing, uh, you know big big props to you know all the linebackers uh, finally all healthy uh, to get in there and you know they're all doing their jobs and and again you know they didn't make that crucial mistake and that's where I thought you know Tampa Bay kind of lost that game uh, pretty much two blown coverages um, and, uh, you know, we had our uh, blown coverage. I don't know if it was Johnson's fault or if it was Jimmy Ward's fault uh, before the half um, that got him down into field goal range. But luckily, uh, Jimmy Ward kind of made up for it in uh, blocking that, ex- that field goal, um, which obviously turned out to be a huge play for the 49ers. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking around the NFL that, uh, you know, this kind of reminds them of the, you know, maybe even uh, a little bit of the 89 defense uh, mixed with, uh, you know, once this running game gets going, um, you know, it's it's a hard team to stop and it's going to be a hard team to beat. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, so far what you've seen, um, you know, the 49ers going now 10-2, and two, the last 12 games um, and probably one of the hottest teams out there, um, you know, it's came down to, okay, you're in the final four and see what you can do. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this team as uh, they've really turned it on uh, in the second half? Um, yeah. Like I said before, man, I, I think that they are a dangerous, dangerous team. Um, you know, they, they have all the weapons. They have a tremendous defense. And they've shown that they can make some plays on special teams when, when needed. Um, you know, whenever you got that recipe, you know, it's, 
you're in the ball game. I mean, you, you have a great chance. I mean, I think this defense is the best. This is one of the better defenses that I've seen the Niners have in many, many, many years. Uh, especially, you know, D line. I mean, they they get pressure from not only the the, the ones that come in, the, the second the second guys come in, and they they create pressure that just as good as the, the first team does. And that's why that's one of the biggest reasons why why uh, Aaron Rodgers is having so you know trouble like that because that pressure when you got pressure in your face, man, you you just cannot read. You know, you can't. That's like somebody asking you to read a book and put the books flying around. <laughs> you know, it's just not no, what you want to do. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, and that that changes an entire game um, when you have that kind of pressure. So that's what I that's what I think about them on defense and offensively. Man, they they got a. I mean, they do a great job of mixing the plays up. You know, trying to get different guys the ball. This last game, you know, Ayuk didn't really crank up. He didn't really have, you know, one of those games like you know we you we used to having from him. Um, but at, they're like a team that just can at any time, all of these guys can start clicking and, and they just feed off of one another. And they're a young team, man, with, with a lot of energy, a lot of energy, man. So I, I really like them, man. And, and you know, I'm, of course, I'm I'm pulling for them. I told people uh, before I said, hey, man. You know, I got guys calling my phone about Green Bay, and there's no way Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. I said, well, listen, Aaron Rodgers is one. He is awesome, but he is just one of, of 22 people that have to make the play, that have to play that day. You know, it's, it takes mm-hmm. way more than him as they thought. He can't throw the ball if they don't block for him. That's true. You know what I mean? That's it's a true. team game. And, you know, just like I tell people with Jimmy, Jimmy's far Good enough quarterback to 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 win a championship. He's fully capable of it, you know. But Jimmy does not do it by himself. That's the key, you know. Joe Montana didn't do it by himself. Steve Young didn't do it by themselves. So you know, if you talk about a great quarterback, how could you talk about a great quarterback without talking about how good your on the line was? Because there's no way. Yeah, possible, I mean, you know. And, yeah, and, I mean, and like now. You know, yeah, just like you know, uh, I mean, obviously when Jimmy, when Jimmy was throwing dimes in that uh, in the beginning of the game and they weren't catching it, um, exactly. you know that's that's stuff that can't happen. And um, you know, luckily they they kind of turned that around. But uh, you know, I mean, the people, you know, these guys have to make the plays that are out there, and if you don't, uh, you know, that can come back and haunt you in the playoff game. Absolutely. Well, you know, my good the thinking I have on it, it's almost good that, you know, the guys, some of those guys weren't catching balls like they want, they supposed to, because this, you know, what happens when you have a bad game, you may win, but you have a bad game, you go and you reiterate catching the football. You go back to the basics, you know, just catching the ball. This game, I, I, those guys are going to be out to prove themselves again. You know, and you know, and that's just a personal thing with an athlete. You know, you you had a bad game last game. You know, you didn't do as well as you thought you should have done. Regardless of win, lose, or draw, you, you want to make sure you correct that and work extra hard on doing that. So I expect them to come out uh, fully, fully, run, fully running the football really well. Um, you know, and just mixing it up. You know, I expect to see some screens in there because you're gonna have to slow that rush down. 
on of, of, of the gram. You know, of course they got Ron Miller and you know a number of guys over there. Aaron Donald, of course, and uh, you know great good linebackers over there as well. So you know you're gonna have to slow them down. And how do you do that? You know, you mix in some screens here and there and see what you can get out of it. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, we talk about the offensive line, and obviously Mr. Compton. Uh, did not do very well against Mr. Gary in Green Bay last week, but um, obviously with uh, with George Kittle going out in routes, um, you know Kyle had to rely on him to uh, you know fix a problem, and uh, you know they they tried to help him chip chip when they could, but um, you know I I see another scenario this week where. Um, they're going to need George to uh, be out there running a little, a little more routes and and uh, trying to win trying to win this game. Um, you know, obviously when you have a a, a monster like George Kittle um, and you know linebackers who are going to have trouble covering him, um, you know what does that do to the defense to put pressure on them? I mean you. You know, like you said, I mean, obviously they're going to try to get him out there. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a mismatch, mixed match on anybody that you put him on. You know, BD, all of these guys, you know, he's a tremendous player. Um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, not only do you know, not to mention screens, I don't, you know, you throw screens to receivers, running backs, and tighties. And, you know, maybe that's a way to slow them down, um, you know, because I expect them to – to really be, um, you know, looking forward to them getting him to Nick early in the game. Uh, but, you know, it just adds stress to you, man. You know, it, it's a mismatch, like I said, and, and, and that's just something that you have to deal with. I mean, a lot of times, if, if you've got a mismatch like that, you, you try to stay out of man coverage as much as possible. Um, of course, you, you know, you got Debo Samuel over there, and I use, you know, you, you know, it's tough to double guys, and, you know, who do you double? You know that that's that that thing. You want to you know in the way that they use Samuel, it's just hard to get caught in a coverage where you can double this guy. This guy may be in the backfield. This guy may this guy may be a quarterback. You don't know where this guy's lining up. You know, and 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 with the threat of Kittle's around there too, man. It, it you know it just it just puts you on the edge as a defensive player. No, absolutely. So, uh, you know, obviously um, you're on all board uh, and you, you see the 49ers win this game. Um, I will not look forward to it until it's done. But, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about you. Uh, you said your neck surgery. Um, how's everything going with you? Um, everything's good, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy I had the surgery, you know, two disc replacements. You know, as you know, I had a surgery uh, early in my career. Um, yeah. So the disc, you know, two discs above that. And, uh, man, I'm, you know, I just had to relax a little bit, you know, take it easy. You know, it wasn't easy to do because everybody knows I like to get up early at 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm up and ready to roll. Just something oh, I yeah. had to do for my health. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I got it done. And, um you know, and sitting back enjoying watching playoff football, man. 
oh man, this week I yeah, was really well. You know, we are so uh, so blessed that everything's go- going good with you, Jamie. Uh, you know, we were praying for you that uh, your surgery won't went well, and looks like it did. Um, and you know, we obviously we uh, love getting you on Niners Radio, and I, I really appreciate you uh, hopping on for a couple minutes. And um, while you're probably going through physical therapy, um, but you, you know, you're, you're a buddy and one of our uh, good friends here at Niners Radio, and. Um, and, and yeah, wish you nothing but the best, and uh, hopefully we can talk about uh, you know an opponent uh, versus Super Bowl, and uh, maybe the third time is the charm to, to finally get this next hey, this next ring. Hey, I, I'm, I'm with it, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, you know, look forward to it, and, and you know. Is this time, time for us to show up, and I pretty we'll do that, man. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Okay, and, and this has been uh, Jamie Winborn, and we'll be right back after these messages. back to Niners Radio, and that was obviously our uh, Jamie Winborn interview. Uh, sorry about the audio. It was not uh, very crisp, but uh, we did what we had to do, guys. We did what we had to do. So, um, you know, let's go over this. Um, we do have Jeff on the line, so we'll bring him on in a couple minutes here. Um, but good news, guys, here on these seats that the Rams were trying to block the 49ers from buying. Uh, Vivid Seats uh, came out with a statement, a prominent secondary ticket marketplace projected 65% of the fans 
that will be going to SoFi on Sunday will be rooting for the 49ers. That's 65% of the tickets that were bought were coming from out of L.A. Um, so it looks like um, that did not work, Rams fans. It did not work. Um, so uh, my next thing is um, the official tailgate. Um, the uh, We on Sunday at 3.30 p.m., um, they'll be located at the garage at 3387 Motor Avenue in Los Angeles, California. And uh, this is what will be going on. Um, come join Levi's South tailgate party um, in the pink lot. Pink lot, guys. Uh, wristbands are $30 each, uh, which includes a choice between a Levi's South t-shirt or a Levi's South rally towel while supplies last. Uh, taco soda and open bar drinks, DJ music, and live music. Uh, space is limited, so purchase your wristbands now before it sells out. Uh, Venmo at LA Takeover 49. Uh, not as good, please uh, ask um, your last four digits pay without confirming. Um, and this is actually sponsored um, by the Saloon Squad which is uh, the Niner Empire chapter um, that did the last L.A. Uh, real nice towels, has Levi South on it, or you can get the shirts um, and more to follow. I will promote that uh, as soon as it's out. Um, but again, uh, yeah, Pink Lot, make sure you go there um, and get your wristbands and uh, – have a good time at the game. Have a good time at the game. So let's uh, bring on Jeff here. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. Good, 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 good. That is good news, my friend. That is good news. So um, as we just had on, uh, we had Ryan Sakamoto, Jamie Winborn. Um, you know, lots going on here. Lots going on. Um in probably about 20 minutes, uh, we will have the famous John Taylor live in studio. Um, and uh, a couple other notes before we go on and talk about the game. Um, Matt Miyoko tweeted out the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 will be announced on Thursday, February 10th. The curtain bylaws state anywhere from four to eight new members will be inducted. Bryant Young better get in this year. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, he has to. Dave, he he has to, right? Um, this, this ought to be a 49er field Hall of Fame class. It, it, Willis it should. And yeah. Young, they yeah, all Patrick should be Wills. going. Yeah, they all should be going. Um, we did find out also today the 49ers-Rams-NFC title game has been drawn by referee Carl Sheffers. And the all-star crew, the Shepherds uh, crew assessed the most penalties in the NFL this season. Uh, L.A. Rams are two and four all time with Shepherds. Ninety-four uh, 49ers are nine and eight with Shepherds crew. Uh, the hardest 
of the NFL 17 crews on the home team in 2021. Interesting. Oh, hopefully they keep that up. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and my fun facts this week. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, the great Jim Harbaugh that everyone loves. Um, I have my different opinion about that. Um, Jim Harbaugh is 5-3 and three in the NFL playoffs. Kyle Shanahan is 4-1. and one. So he will uh, hopefully be tying that that five-win platform. Um, Five-one, not too bad, guys. Um, so, um, so yeah. And uh, it was kind of funny to see that uh, Joe Staley and uh, Frank Gore were opening up their checkbooks uh, if any of the L.A. fans wanted to sell them their tickets and they would sell them to the 49er fans for face value. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um, LA made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, so normally we would go over all the stats. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I did want to go over a couple. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple things uh, just to um, that kind of caught my eye uh, rewatching this game. Um, Compton versus Gary was obviously a tough challenge for Compton. Um, and he def- definitely needed help. Um, I believe he gave up uh, three sacks of the four <laughs> um, that day. Um, Kittle. Kittle made that amazing catch. It kind of got the 49ers on track. He had a one-hand catch, and uh, suddenly after that, uh, the hole started to open up for Mitchell, started to open up Debo, You know, obviously, uh, the first and di- first and ten from the goal line. Uh, Jimmy escapes. Gary Gary sack. Uh, Kittle's wide open. Uh, a ball that obviously Kyle said Jimmy should never have thrown. Um, and uh, you know, if this was Trey Lance, I'd be like, okay, but Jimmy knows better. He knows better than that. Can't have that in the playoffs. Can't do it. No, you, you um, can't have the one to four rookie throws that he makes a game. Uh, Cannot have. No. Then uh, with 40 seconds left in the second quarter, uh, Jimmy War blew a coverage and allowed a long pass down to the 15. Packer set up for a field goal, but Ward redeems himself and comes up with a huge field goal block to end the second quarter, leaving uh, Green Bay 7-0 lead by the Packers. Again, huge game changer. Huge game changer. Yeah, we could have tied it up. Complete momentum. But again, three points later down, (laughs) that that could have been huge. Um, And then uh, Debo Samuel starts the third quarter with a 40-yard Kickoff return, setting up the 49ers. They get down to the they get down to uh, in the red zone, and uh, Robbie Goal hits uh, field goal, and um, to put them on the board. So, um, and then obviously the fourth quarter, um, Packers had a huge chance to put this game away. 
Armstead comes up with a huge sack on third down. And they obviously, Green Bay had to kick a field goal instead, and that was their last points of the game. <laughs> um, then the 49ers moved the ball down to the field goal uh, at Green Bay's 20, fourth and one. Warner misses a huge block, huge block, and the 49ers get stuff, turn the ball over. Um, again, that's something that can't happen. Uh, Werner's been good all year long. I was a little surprised that it was him. Didn't you, Jeff? Yeah, no, that was uh, fully surprised. Yeah. And then, obviously, the the play of the game, um, you know, before before they punt it, third and eight, Armstead comes up with another huge sack, um, and then Jordan Wilson blocks a punt, Vanga picks it up, with only 4.45 left in the fourth quarter, ties the game up at 10. And I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get fooled. He's been, he knows the schemes. He knows what coverage. The 49ers fooled him. They thought it, he All thought it long. was man. Yep, they thought it was man. Dropped into zone with Warden to find a cover on a long, incomplete pass to Adams. He thought he had man-on-man. He went for the shot. Wasn't there. <laughs> it was covered up. No. Um, yeah. And that was Dante and then, Johnson and Tofunga. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we didn't I'm have sorry. Johnson, I, I got to say one. I got to say sure. one thing. Everybody I saw during the week were bashing Dante Johnson for allowing mm-hmm. the big play and not doing his job. I'm sorry, Dante Johnson did not allow the big plays. Yeah, no, he didn't. Devontae Adams got Devontae Adams got he, sometimes got the his. best of them, but Devontae Adams gets the best of everybody. He is yeah. easily the top five, one of the top five, if not the top two wide receivers in the league. And you're not going to stop him. Yeah, and again, Jeff, to, to – Leave him for only nine catches for ninety-one yards. You you'll take that all day long, and no I'll touchdowns. Take that, yeah, I'll take that oh, all day yeah, long, all day. Um, and then obviously, um, Green Bay was introduced to usually good Jimmy, right? Uh, usually, when the game's yeah. been on the line, he he has came through. I mean. Uh, big play to Kittle uh, and Debo, and Debo, uh, you know, tries to run the clock out on third and seven. Debo gets a handoff, give like you said, gives it all he had, gets popped in the kneecaps, you know, comes running off the field with four seconds left. Robbie comes out, has never missed a game in, has never missed a field goal in the playoffs, and uh, that was it. Uh, there's two big keys. Yeah, go for it. There, there's two two big keys there. I mean, a lot of people would get banged up and lay on the field and cost your team that final timeout. Sure, you know, but Debo didn't. Debo got up and he jumped one footed off off that sidelines twenty five yards to get off Mm -hmm. to the sidelines. Nobody does that in the NFL anymore. 
I mean, you see, they'll take a couple steps and go down to their knee. Oh, I can't do this. He did and got right back up and hobbled off to the sideline, knowing the situation and how dire it was. Yeah. That no, right, right there, that's big props to knowing a game situation. Absolutely. If we don't have Debo, if we don't have Elijah Mitchell, who had another good game, um, I don't know, guys. I, I don't think we're in the playoffs. I mean, Debo has meant so much to us. Um, Elijah Mitchell, we're not here in the play. We're not even in the playoffs without him. Um, you know, George Kittle, obviously you see him coming on. Um, looks like they were using Brandon Ayuk as a, more of a decoy all, all game long. But um, I get it. You know, someone's got to do it. Um, but again, you know, he blocked his rear end off. And, um, but what I'd like to get to here, Jeff, is, um, Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 versus 49ers in the playoffs, okay? Now, as we know, um, I think we all can agree that we would like Trey Lance maybe to sit one more year. I think two years would be good for him. Um, Now, let's talk about this real quick. I I know what Jeff's comment is going to be, but just hear me out on this, Jeff. Um, Back in April, uh, day before the draft, the 49ers offered the Packers um, the third overall pick in this year's draft, plus other picks and players for Aaron Rodgers. Packers turned them down. Okay? Then... um, you get the 0-4 versus uh, the 49ers. Um, obviously, him coming from uh, Cali uh, would have loved to play for the 49ers. Um, then what I thought was kind of humorous is um, back when he got drafted, when we picked Alex Smith, um you know, a reporter asked him, how disappointed are you that you will not be a 49er? His response was not as disappointing as a 49ers will be. They didn't pick, draft me. Um, <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're 0-4 in the playoffs, dude. Um, so now he, has a, he, he said he will give a quick answer. Um, I do believe that Aaron probably does go on uh, to continue to play. Um, but he will, I think that was the last time you saw him in a Packer uniform. Um, I don't think he's going to stay there. I mean, you could see his eyes, his, his response after the game. Um, if you listen to the Pat McPhee show today, um, you could tell, you know, he gave props to the 49ers, um, you know, I don't think that's a, uh, something that you do. Now, however, I want to play a clip, a real quick clip, about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, that's thinking about retiring. Um, But now three people have said this, and uh, that he does have an option to leave whenever he wants to. That was part of the plan. Um, And where... Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you would have to trade for him. And um, 
let's listen to uh, what Skip Bayless had to say about Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers after they lost. The Bucks were shocked that after the game, immediately he didn't say, onward and upward, right. we'll get him next year. Because remember, Skip, remember after the Super Bowl when they asked him on the stage, he was like, oh, absolutely, I'll absolutely be back. Absolutely, I'll be yeah, back. Yeah, there was no absolute. There was no absolute. And they were already fearing the worst, mm-hmm. and that drove home the worst. Mm-hmm. So before I hand it over to you, I'll, I'll just give this a long shot possibility, and it's a long shot. I know he wanted to finish back home. San Mateo, where he grew up as a huge 49er Joe Montana fan, it's long shot possible that he would go home if they would have him. He wanted to go there before he went. To, he chose mm-hmm. Tampa, and they said no to him. They had Jimmy G, and to your point, you questioned, you speculated about that remark that he allegedly made about you're going to keep that, you you're know keep what? that, you know what, and it was a big you know <laughs> what, it was. right? And... Maybe they won't now, but it all hinges upon the outcome of Sunday at SoFi against the Rams, and then will they go back to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G? Will he let them down again? Will he turn back into Jimmy Gag? Is it possible they would say, sure, Tom, come on home for one last hurrah year and then call it quits, and you can say you retired as a 49er? I think that would mean a lot to him, but what would Interesting. It'd be interesting. Then also Mike Florio uh, reporting that the 49ers are going to trade Jimmy after the season. And Brady could ask for his release and join the 49ers and um, show Trey um, how to develop for another year. And um, maybe the 49ers if not this year, win a Super Bowl next year. What are your thoughts on that, Jeff? No, thank you. I am no, all in really? on Trey. You did, you did not spend hmm. three first-round draft picks and other picks to move up to number three to have a kid that you believe in to sit on a bench, even if it's behind Tom Brady. I'm sorry. I, I Yes, Tom Brady, I can give him all the credit in the world. He's probably the best quarterback that's played the NFL besides Joe Montana. Yep. Okay. It is in doubt that can he do the job? Yes. But in this scheme that Kyle Shanahan is slowly coming to fruition, you are starting to see more motions, more running back wide receiver plays, And in my opinion, it's going towards more of a 94-niner offense, and you need more of a mobile quarterback to finish the the defense questioning whether they're right or wrong. And I believe that Trey will give them that. Okay, is he rolling to the right, rolling to the left? Is he standing in the pocket? Now we got to worry about our backs being turned to him if nobody's open. I think Kyle is working towards that style of offense, more of a Kansas City and a Buffalo, because you're going to hmm. have to be in a dogfight at times in the NFL anymore. And quite frankly, yeah, can Brady probably win a dogfight? Yes. I mean, believe younger legs will give us a better shot. 
And I would have to agree with you. I think it'd be a more of a power struggle. Um, and Brady likes to run a team. Um, this is Kyle's team. And I don't, and it would have to be under Kyle's rules, Kyle's system. And I don't think Brady would do that. And, and, uh, um, and it's Debo's offense. I mean, how yeah, many times has yeah. somebody, you know, a player gone and said, you're doing this, we're running this play because I'm going to get it. And sure. a coach says, okay, it's yours. You don't do that. Yeah. And if a player comes up and Brady's your quarterback and they say that, Brady's going to look at him and say, who do you think you are? And that's going to cause a riff. I think it's time you let Debo and Kittle and Trent Williams be the mainstays of this offense. And you mm-hmm. put Trey in to complement it. And I think those three guys there will tell you we're going to run the ball, we're going to throw the ball, and we're going to beat you ugly. But if we have to outshoot you, we will. No, that's a that's a very good point. And uh, with that being said, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring on our main guest, Mr. JT, Mr. John Taylor. What's going on, JT? Well, man, I know I, I know you're having as fun as we are watching these games. I know you are. Oh yeah, I know. Unbelievable, huh? <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. great games, wow. great games. These these this this past weekend, I would have to say has been the best playoff year that I've seen in a while. In a long time. I mean, time. and and. It, in a long time, you know, every game was competitive. There was no blowouts, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody could have won. You know, You're right. It came yeah. down, basically, basically came down to the last play. You know, prime example, Niners in Green Bay last week. Yeah. It was fitting that game ended the way it did. It ended that way for them the third week of the season. So we just returned yeah. the favor, right? Absolutely. Man, you know, JT, here's the thing. And I know Jimmy kind of put out a tweet today that uh, they're going to shock the world. Um, And obviously, you know, a lot of teams are hot, and there's no doubt about that. Um, Obviously, you know, you look at the Kansas City game, you you look at, you know, all all these games, and there were hot teams out there. Um, It just seems... From from trying not to be a 49er fan for a second, um, it just seems like the 49er is, you know, that giant team that took out the Patriots in that Super Bowl. It, it, it just seems like they're the hottest team right now, and um, they're not afraid. Even when they didn't score a offensive touchdown, they knew somehow they were going to win the game, and there's, like, no kind of pressure on them. Um, they're just playing with, it seems like with house money right now. And uh, I think that's, that's even a more dangerous team when, uh, teams just don't care <laughs> and they just go out there and play and, uh, they know something well, good's about to happen. Well, you, you, you think like this, remember when the Niners were, what were they at that time? I think they were three and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three and five. I think yeah. it was. And, and Everybody was like, okay, what's going on? 
something's not it, something's not seeming right. You know what I mean? People are kind of like slowly were pushing them to the wayside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like you guys said, when you get a team that basically has nothing to lose, from that three and five record, no one expected them to make the playoffs. No way. No one expected no way. them. You know what I mean? Given the schedule that they we still have remaining. You know, you look at the games and you say, oh, no, they, they won't make the playoffs. They won't make the playoffs. But yet somehow every week those guys did what they needed to do. You know, they they came together and like this past weekend, all facets of the game came together, especially with the special teams. A blocked field goal attempt right before halftime, and then you block a punt and score seven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it was like every facet showed up. All 53 men, as you say, had a part in it. We all every had single a part one of them. It, you know, that's exactly right. You know, and and I'm looking at this game. I'm I'm looking at this week coming up. You know, it, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season, mm-hmm. and to do it do it um, within a two month stretch. This will be the third time they met in, in within two months. You know, but I I know this team, the way they're playing right now. If they play the same way they played these last two weeks. They'll walk away from that game with a win, undoubtedly. Yeah. If you play like you played the last two weeks, you know, if you can get if the front four gets pressure, that's going to be the good. That will be you know, unbelievable. I was, I was watching um, Good Morning Football, and uh, Mr. Schrager said kind of the same thing. He said, you know, it's not about the 49ers beating them six times in a row. It's about – it might not even be about the coaches and, you know, Nick Mullins even had a win in there. Um, it's about the scheme. And the scheme just doesn't fit right with the Rams. And they don't it, – it's not that, you know, you, you see all these superstars on the Rams side and you look and you say, okay, we have our superstars as well. It's just the execution and the motions and, you know, uh, you know it just – they, it doesn't fit with what the Rams do, and that's why I think well, you, Green Green Bay was a tougher challenge than the Rams were, were going to be. Would you well, agree you, you or disagree to, with that? Well, I, I look at it this way. The Niners and the Rams, both head coaches, know each other very well. They they mm-hmm. were they were together at numerous spots. You know what I yep. mean? So they pretty much know each other like brothers. I know what he's thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. This is going to just be another one of those chess games. That's what this is going to come down to. Because like I said, both of them basically run the same thing. They got bits and little pieces from each other from other places that they came from. You know? So I'm looking for this game to be a good game. You know, like I said, if, if, if the Niners go in there and play the way they played these last two weeks, they'll walk away with a win. Not a question in my mind they wouldn't. 
Now that that being said, GT, this is Jeff. Um, the in when the Niners were three and five, and they mm-hmm. were everybody was counting them out. They called an all players only meeting with Fred Warner and Debo Samuel. Called that meeting ahead, and after that, there was talks that Debo and Fred went to Kyle and D'Amico and explained the meeting situation to them. And since then, in week nine, all of a sudden, Debo Samuel is more involved in the game plan, using him as a running back, wide receiver, using him in the slot. And then Fred Warner looks like he had more um, leeway on how he roams the defense. In a player-owning meeting, um, I'm sure you've been a part of them, does that come out that way of where certain players, after everybody gets together, will go and talk to the coaches about what they want in a game plan? Well, yeah, in, in a sense, it's basically, it's like you said, they call the uh, a closed-door meeting just the players. It's just us 53. When you get in that room, it's us 53 talking about what's going on. Talk it, talk it out amongst each other. You know what I mean? See where we're at. See the differences. And we clean them up. Once you clean them up, you see what happens. Right. I think you got cleaned I think, up. <laughs> I, I was great to say what I think actually was each player in that room looked at their self and just said, "Can I do more? What else can I do?" Because, as you said a few minutes ago, the Rams have their superstars; we have our superstars. Now we have to show up. It's one thing to be a superstar and not show up. But at at those times and the moments in the game, when you have to show up, you have to show up. And that's what they're doing. I mean, like you said, look at Fred Warner running from sideline to sideline. It's almost like he's rejuvenated in a sense, you know. Uh, What game was it? Uh, I want to say it was... The I want to say it was the Cowboys game, but I might be wrong. When he turned his ankle and he left the game, and everybody thought, "Oh, Fred's not going to play next week. He's not going to be." Hell, he came right back in that game. <laughs> yeah, you're right about yeah, that. You know, so it you know it, it it takes it takes different little adversities and, and different things to sometimes bring guys together the way they come together. You know, like you said, look at look compare three and five to what you see now. It's like a complete different team. You know? And it's at that point now, they know, hey, we got one more game. Win this game, we got one more left. And to be in well, this I mean- position when and to be in this position when no one expected you to be in this position, you know what I mean? I not, I remember when they went to play Dallas, you know, you would sit back and don't get me wrong. I've been in that situation before where you got the home field advantage. Everything is sunny and bright. And then a storm comes in, you know, that happened to me in 87 when we were, you know, we were playing Minnesota 
and we were supposed to beat Minnesota. So it was said. Mm-hmm. Minnesota came in there and cleaned our clock. You know? Same thing that happened to yeah. Dallas last week. Same thing that happened to Green Bay. You know? You got the home field advantage. You feel very comfortable. It's Even though it was no sunshine in <laughs> Green Bay last week, but that's what happened. Well, talking about closed-door meetings um, with the players only, obviously we all know about, you know, the 94 season with the Philadelphia Eagles and Steve Young and, you know, <laughs> there were some issues uh, well, there. We had, and, then, uh, and then obviously well, uh, we, right before the Super Bowl with uh, Jerry and Dion, right? So, I mean, you don't have to get in details, but we know that happened. Well, we had we, – yeah, we had, we had closed – we had closed meetings amongst um, the teams a, a few times. If you remember, like you said, in 94, Mike Shanahan was the offense coordinator for the Niners. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we weren't doing, we weren't doing, you know, we weren't playing the way we should have been playing. I'll say that. And we had a closed meeting amongst everybody. And uh, one of the meetings, we even had the coaches were even there. And, you know, we just, everybody just said what they felt, you know, Things that they that, that they felt they could do better, things that they see that could be changed a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, and and when you're in those type of meetings, it's about listening to one another. You know, it doesn't matter whose idea it is. If it works, it works. You know, and sometimes that's what you have to do. Now, when we when that like I said, when we had our closed door meeting, most of the times our closed door meeting was was more you had a few guys that would speak their opinion and then it turned into like a comedy show for us. You know, you have to remember all the guys I played with, Charles Haley. That's oh, enough yeah. for you right there. So, so you can imagine how the meetings went, right? And obviously, you know, on offense, obviously I'm sure Jerry had his, his say, but um, – you know, as far as defense went, um, I mean, you play with people like, you know, B.Y. that hopefully gets in the Hall of Fame this year. Um, you know, but, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, who are the big talkers um, from the offense and defensive side for people that, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't Steve. Maybe it was, you know, someone else or, you know, um, you know, what were those – who were the people that – you guys will listen to and be like, okay, they ain't joking around. It's time to get serious now. Mm. Well, it wasn't no individual with us. It was just, let's say, let's say we're referring to the offense and we know we weren't playing up to the way we're supposed to play. Each player would just look at one another and just, hey, man, just, just do, do what you're supposed to do. You know, Bill used to always say to us, always know the situation of the game. Know the situation of the game, right? I watched yeah. I watched this, this weekend and a couple other times where players had no clue about the situation of the game. Prime example, Dallas game. Everybody wants yeah, to blame oh the referee. No, it's not the referee. has nothing to do with no. the referee. As a quarterback, Dak Prescott knows that the play cannot start unless the referee sets the ball. So why would you go and take and hand it to your center? 
That's not knowing the situation of the game. You know, you got no timeouts. You know? Now, that was one like, thing that... Mm, Go ahead. I mean, Dak could have probably said something to the referee. All right, we might do this, so be ready. I mean, he could have said something to the official to be alert for it. I mean, I know, you know, sometimes that doesn't work, but at least they would have probably known and everyone going down there and say, and, you know, that referee did everything in his power to say, I have to touch the ball. You guys can't just do that. And, That's right. You know, I, mean, it, I mean, as a player, as a player, you're supposed to know that. Yes. You should, you're supposed to know that, you know. That's why I, I said when, when, they, when they said the game is over and I, I was listening to people complain, I said, I said, that is on the quarterback. I said, he has Absolutely. to know the situation of the game. It's just like you know you had no timeouts. So you know if anywhere that that ball stays in the uh, field of play, you got to hustle to the ball to re-snap, you know. Now, you want to you wanna be upset because, the as they say, the referee ran into their player before he spotted the ball. Well, if mm-hmm. you didn't give the player your, the ball from the offset and made sure the referee got the ball, there would have been no issue. But you can't give it to your center and him hike the ball and you run another play. How long have you been playing football? You you ought to know that. Oh, sure. No, absolutely. You know, I, I just, I, I just, I just said. Sometimes you you look at the game. You know, as we both know, it's a different game than when I play. Completely different game. But mm-hmm. rules, the rules are still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? There might have been a few added, but that's your responsibility to know that referee supposed to spot the ball. You can't just get up there and run another play. I mean, that's a thing, that you know. With... <laughs> you, you look at, even like the last game uh, of the weekend, you know, Bills and Chiefs. Um, oh, my God. Uh, that <laughs> was, uh, you know, 13 seconds. How? What? <laughs> I, it, it's this, like this, the NFL I, doesn't, doesn't want to touch Kelsey for a reason. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I, sat, I, I sat there and I looked at that, right? And, and, uh, my brother asked me, he said, what would you do? I said, what would I do? He goes, yeah, there's only 13 seconds left. What would you do? I said, I'd swift kick it. I'd force him to, I'd force him to fill the yes. ball. That way the clock, clock is moving. Not kick it through the end zone, you know, and give it to him on the 25. Kick it and make him fill it. You're going you're gonna to take off at least three, four, five seconds, you know, and then – I sat there and looked at the defense that they were in, and I thought to myself, why are you rushing five people? Why not just yeah, yeah, three put, and put eight back? He's going to use up those 13 seconds because he ain't going to have nowhere to throw the damn ball. That's, that's, what, even I, that, that's what I was thinking. Put two linemen on there and put everyone else back and yeah. tackle someone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – Okay, I, I, get five is, yards, is, all right. Is, <laughs> hey, this is what I looked at. You ran, <laughs> you were got the ball on the 25-yard line. 
you ran two plays that got you to their, what was it, 30, 32-yard line, and they still mm-hmm. had three seconds left. So they ran two plays in 10 seconds. How is that possible? It's not. That's why you put you put the two defensive linemen, you give them them one shot because he's still going to have to run around. You're that's giving him one play. Yep, yep. one play. That's, that's, that's I would have had every DB and linebacker on the field and only two linemen just actually standing up and kind of pushing the linemen around. That would have killed well, the game right there. And then if you look at it, if you look at the last play that they ran where they hit Kelsey, and he got down in field goal range. If you look at that play from the snap, the cornerback is standing outside of him, snapping the ball, the cornerback widens. And then I'm sitting there looking at him and saying, why are you widening? You have no threat going to the flat. And he widens and he mm-hmm. hits Kelsey right there where he left, and he scooted down there to like the 30-some yard line. I said, wow. I said, this is this is really unbelievable. Some of some of the stuff that I seen the weekend, it was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I said thirteen seconds. Oh, this game's over. I I never thought. No. Mm-mm. No. I, I, I mean, I felt bad. I, think, I felt bad, but mm. I think everybody thought that felt that game was over. You know. Everyone thought that game was over. 13 seconds, and you figure, like they did, they kicked it out of the end zone. Okay, now you still got to go 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look what happened. <laughs> they did it in 10 seconds. <laughs> I just that's that's like you said. This weekend's games, they'll go down probably as the best playoff weekend in NFL history. Yeah. No, because every single week, sure. even the Bengals and Titans, um, you yep. know, that was. <laughs> <laughs> my old, I have, I have an older sister, and my older sister said to me, you know, I don't really know that much about football, right? I said, yeah. He goes, but I do know this much. I wouldn't have tried to run my quarterback on third and one when I got a fullback that's 240-some pounds. <laughs> I, said, I, I said to her, I said, you got a point. You got a, You have a point. I just, I just, you know, the weekend, I thought at, at times, you know, did the coaches freeze up? Did they have a brain fart? Right. You know what I mean? They got because too fancy. Yeah, it's it's it, you do that sometimes where and you don't wind up doing anything but out outsmarting yourself. You know what I mean? Because there's no way in hell you're supposed to try a third and one with your quarterback when you got a fullback that big. I just well, didn't what about the fourth and one play when he <laughs> to the right of the yeah, tackle when they, gave it, when, when they gave it to him and they stuffed him in the backfield. I mean, let's let's figure it like this. I think everybody in that stadium and everybody on TV saw that it was fourth and one. You're going for it. Okay, you, now you're going to give it to uh, Henry. Mm-hmm. Let's load the lineup. You know, I just I just whew. <laughs> it was it was it was a wild weekend. That's all I'll say. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. You looked at Sunday, you said, oh, 49ers won great. And then you saw the Rams of Buccaneers, uh, the Buccaneers trying, uh, or the Rams trying to give the game away uh, with the running back kept on fumbling. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. okay. So they win it. And there's yeah. like, there's no way that the the Bills and Chiefs is going to be like a down game. The, uh, these last three games have been amazing. And then the Bills and Chiefs happen. And you're like, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You, um, you you couldn't you could have never written this uh this past weekend's no. game. You could have never written uh, that scenario. I mean yeah. it, it, it's almost like whoever goes to the Super Bowl, it might be a disappointment. <laughs> because they're no, you know, you, you, know, you, you know, you this is this is what I I told my wife and my sister. I said, now, wouldn't it be ironic if the Niners and, and Bengals ended up in the Super Bowl again? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you have to think, no one's really giving the Bengals a shot in in, Cincinnati, uh, in uh, Kansas City. You know, Kansas City's probably thinking in their mind, okay, let's 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 take care of this real fast and go to SoFi. Yeah, you know, the Bengals, the Bengals, are, the Bengals are not a team to look past. You know, they're not a team yeah, to look past. No, you're right. I, I guess, yeah. I guess all I have to do is say, ask the other two teams that just beat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> first true. with the Raiders, the Raiders at home, and then Tennessee last weekend. You know, and it's and and as a player, as a player, I know there was a whole lot of Tennessee Titan players. That just felt sick to their stomach. In their minds, they're they're still sitting there saying to their stuff, "There's no way they came in here and beat us." But you got a whole year to think about it. I thought that before, so I know the feeling. You can't wait. Nine. You can't wait for the season. Yeah, you can't wait for the season to start. That's the only thing oh, going in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nine sacks. How do you how do you lose a game with nine quarterback sacks? Yeah. On defense. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, I do it, have it, to it's ask. Unbelievable. I do have to ask this, JT. Go ahead. Uh, Chris huh? Collinsworth. Have you ever ran mm-hmm. into him, and does he talk to you? Or is he? I've never I've never he... ran into him. Really? I've I have never I have never ran into him. No. No, I did. Now, uh, I did uh, one time speak with uh, Boomer. Boomer one time on his uh, podcast. Oh, interesting. That was, yeah, that was probably about. Let's see, probably about eight, eight, nine years ago. Um, it was Super Bowl weekend, matter of fact, and uh, Roger Craig was up there. Was one of his guests. And he mm-hmm. called me at the time. At the time, I was on the road at the time, and I called him. I, I called in at the last minute, and I told him. I said, "You know, I said I'm not far from where you're doing your podcast." I said, "Right now, I'm here in uh, uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, making a delivery." He goes, "Making a delivery?" I said, "Yeah, I ran some produce up here to uh, Jersey City." He goes, "Wait a minute." Mm. I knew you had a truck. I knew you had a trucking company. You mean to tell me you drive one of those things? I said, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what he says. Unbelievable. 
I was like, yeah, we man, don't get this, this. <laughs> we don't get seventy two seventy two million like some of these new players do. <laughs> hey. And then see, I grew I grew up around I grew up around trucking. I always loved doing it. You know, to me, I tell anybody if you're the type of person that likes to to see the world, mm-hmm. become a truck driver. It's nothing Absolutely. like going to see the world and get, nothing like going to see the world and getting paid to do it. You know, uh, my dad did that for fifty-five years. Yeah, drove wow. Now, are you are you yeah. having problems getting uh, product uh, to to ship ship the items people want? Oh no, hold, hold I, I stopped. I, I stopped trucking, but no, that and the uh, what I was running, produce and poultry. No, that's that's still going. Oh yeah, no, 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 that'll still go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely yeah, yeah, that both 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 of them are still going. <laughs> the prices might so be I, going up on them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and I see that you're still signing cards for Panini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I signed. So, uh, I signed a bunch of different cards. So what do they do? They they send them to you. You guys sign them and then just send them back. Yeah, sometimes they do it That's that way, and then sometimes you could you could do them at uh, different shows. You know, you'll see the Panini oh, people there sometimes okay. at different shows, okay. and they'll get okay. you to do them at, at the different shows. Because my one cousin got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my go one ahead. cousin got one of your cars, and I was like, I'm gonna have to ask him next time he's on my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what I do a lot of times, you know. Um, because with social media nowadays, you can be easily found. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. I get a lot of football cards. I get a lot of football cards sent to me, and I, I sign them, you know, and send them back, especially if it's if it's a kid. You know, I got a – Oh, yeah. I think it was like – I got about 20 the other day, right, in this envelope, and it was from a school teacher. And she asked me if I could sign them, sign these cards for – she planned to give them out to the kids – that did good on their different tests and whatnot. So I made sure I signed all hers. Oh, oh that's that awesome. is so cool. That is so cool. Oh my gosh, is that always, cool? Always, is that cool? always, always tell people. Always tell people. It's like my granddaughter now. I said, you know what? I said it's funny. I said I'm your grandfather. I said years down the road you're gonna see somebody and they're gonna have a card of mine and you're gonna look at it and you're gonna think to yourself. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? You were you you've always been the Scottie Pippen to to the to, to the Jordan. You know that's how I've always thought of you, JT. You know much you know, always, much respect I, to you. <laughs> I always always felt like this with me. I always, as long as we wanted it, I didn't care if I if I didn't touch the ball mm-hmm. that whole game. I just wanted to win, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also felt when when you called upon me or came to me, I'm gonna do my part, you know. I'll never forget my rookie year when I first came to the Niners. After one of the practices, and this is my rookie year, just in minicamp down in Rockland. Came after one of the practices, Keena Turner came to me in the locker room and he goes, he goes, hey man, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, listen man. He said, Bill and them really like you here, but 
they just don't think you want to be here, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. why? Because I'm not a, I said, why? Because I'm not a rah-rah type of guy. I said, listen, I've never been that way. I said, but game time come, trust me, I'll be ready. And <laughs> from that point forward, it was like, you know, that was me. I just never said a lot, you know. I did most. I did all my mm-hmm. talking on the field. That's the way I felt, you know. I never forget. I went to Bill and asked him about trying out for punts. You know, I when love I this first story. got Go there, ahead, pal. <laughs> and, and he told and he said to me, he goes, "Nah, you wouldn't be good at it. You take too long of a stride." And I said to him, I said, "Well, all I'm asking for is a chance. What do you have to lose?" So my he, put, he puts me in Hall of Fame game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Dana McLemore returns the first couple of punts. Then he calls me, Taylor, go in. I wound up three punts that day for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And after I scored that touchdown, <laughs> I walked back past him and I said, yeah, you're right, I'd be no good at this. And man, him just <laughs> laughed about it. And that's how I became the punt return. You, know, you saw that depth I, chart. I had said, to, okay. <laughs> and that's 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 sort of like how I had to express myself because I wasn't one to you know. It's easy to talk about. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. You can talk about it all day, mm-hmm. all night. Now tomorrow you got to go out and do it. You can't just talk about it no more. Now you got to go do it. So I always Absolutely. thought, just go out there, just go out there and do it. That's all you got to say. Just do what you're supposed to do. And everything else to take care of itself. J- JT, so it's always true. it's always an it's always an honor to talk to you. Um, enjoy this game coming up. I, I have a feeling uh, I feel good about it. Um, hey, let's just hope like, we have, like I said. We have good, like I said, if they if they play the way they played the last two weeks, the front four get that pressure, they'll be all right. Yep. No, I, I I agree. I agree. Um, let's hope Jimmy doesn't. We have some good Jimmy this week, and, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about snow. Um, I thought it was a, a little interesting because it reminded me of when you guys went to Chicago that year saying that uh, <laughs> San Francisco can't play in Chicago. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. how did that go for you guys? Well, you- <laughs> Well, you know what was funny about that was when we initially went to Chicago, we initially went to Chicago, we got there that Friday. Now, that Friday mm. that Friday was uh, about 30-some degrees. Wake up the next morning, Saturday. Saturday is almost 70 degrees sunshine. Hmm. So it's like, wow. Wake up game day, it was like, 13, 14 degrees. <laughs> you were like, and then we, we're in a, you're in the locker room, right? You're in the locker room standing there, and you're like, I'm standing there thinking in my mind. I said, okay, if the offensive lineman don't put on no shirts, you know, no long sleeve shirt, I got to do what the offensive lineman do. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking in my mind, please, somebody put on a shirt. Somebody put on a shirt. I turned around. Every offensive lineman was shirting up. I was so happy because <laughs> in my mind it was like, I, see, I'm originally from the East Coast, from New Jersey, so I grew up in the cold weather. Oh yeah, so and I yeah. didn't like, I didn't like, I didn't like it then. 
you know. And I'm yeah. sitting in this game, and and it's like I said to myself, I said, "Hulu, I said this is going to be a rough game." It was so bad out there that the field had frozen. Your cleats wouldn't dig in 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 the grass. Most of the linemen went in and put on uh, turf shoes or sneakers because they, you know yeah. you couldn't get no traction. You know, before they redid Soldier Field, um, yeah, Soldier Field has always been awful. Uh, because the bears would never put new new grass down because it would it belongs to Chicago it doesn't belong to the bears so they always fight about it you know well yeah. we, we want to tell you guys I mean obviously you guys know about you know <laughs> our state you know, that, that wasn't the greatest thing either but uh, but yeah they yeah they, it was awful I still remember that I still remember that playoff. In '92 against the Cowboys, there. Remember that was the year we went to Arizona and practiced there for a whole week because it rained so much up here. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Ah, uh, fun and well, uh, I'll say, full of memories. I'll, I'll, <laughs> full of memories. I'll, I'll, <laughs> say, I'll say this: um, we're looking to have that same memory come uh, Sunday night. Absolutely. Looking to have that same memory come Sunday night. Absolutely, JD. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you, you so know, much for joining us. Um, you know, obviously, I uh, hope the family and everything is, uh, stays safe this year. Um, have a blessed time. And uh, hopefully we'll bring you back on and, uh, you know, we're talking about a Super Bowl. Uh, it would be nice. Oh, you got all you got to do is give me a call, man. Let me know. I'd be happy to come on. Okay. Thank you so much, JT. And uh, right, man. you take care. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages. All right. Okay, we're back on Niners Radio. Who do we got? Hey, Brian. It's me, Brian. You're a pre- and post-game reporter from uh, Niners Radio checking in uh, on this Tuesday night. Uh, at home, listening to that great interview by the great John Taylor. From, it was, John uh, Taylor. Love him. Images. Remember, oh man, I got his jersey, throwback jersey in my closet with the rest of all my 49ers jerseys. Uh, the game I will remember the Super Bowl twenty three against the Bengals when he caught the game when he touchdown against the Bengals. Mm. It was you know last Sunday was the thirty uh, three year anniversary of that of that game when the Niners had that comfort behind game against the Bengals in Super Bowl twenty three and they won the Guys, Super Bowl the eighty. Do you and, know how many uh, pitchers he's must you know how many pitchers he's must have signed of that? Since that memory happened, it, it no. must be over a million. It's got to be over a million of that uh, of that catch. It, it has to be. Yeah, it has to. And, be. and he 
and he's from he went to Delaware State, I think right outside Jersey, Philadelphia area. And uh, I remember I interviewed him two years ago right down at Empire mm-hmm. Row in San Quentin right before the uh, NFC Championship. And That's right. Went to watch, uh, and I got some of the pictures. So that, that, that was a treat. He's a nice guy. I hope, uh, you know, if the Niners take care of business, that being the Super Bowl, hopefully we uh, – We'll be down there in L.A. because uh, it would be something, though, man. Oh, that yeah. is kind of one of my dreams. One of my dreams I had covering the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And I hope, you know, they take care of business and they become a reality. Cause then, you know, that's I'll right. Be, you know, uh, who was that, JT and Eric Wright were down there signing autographs for the fans? I think it was. I think so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, but I meant that. You know, he was uh, – I always mentioned him as, uh, like I said, Scottie Pippen to the Jordan of uh, of football. I mean, you know, who, who better than a, a number two wide receiver who could, uh, you know, return kickoffs and punts and uh, he could do everything. But you need that kind of player, you know. And, right. and, you, and you look at you look right. at this team, Bry, and it's uh, again, you know, you you need that Brandon Ayuk or you know, someone else to step up and, um, you know, it seems like it's been a different player every week, but, uh, you know, as long as, like he's, like, like JT said, as long as they keep playing like this, um, good things are coming this weekend. Good things are coming. I really hope so. I really, yeah, I really believe that this team has been playing better, uh, you know, and the, about John Tate, I mean, and for JT John Taylor, I mean, he had so many games. I mean, the ninety-eight, the two ninety-yard strikers uh, against the Rams on Monday Night Football back in '89. He, uh, you know, he had, and I think the one game I remember that got the Niners' season turned around was that Monday Night game against the Washington, against the defending Super Bowl champion Washington Redskins on that Monday Night back in '88 when they uh, the Niners were six and five in their and John Taylor return a 95-yard punt return for a touchdown, but still to this day is the longest punt return in franchise, in San Francisco 49 franchise history. Mm. That's something, huh? That's something. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so Brian, what are you wearing? What jersey are you, you going to wear this week? You know, it's all, it's well, all going to be red. You got to wear red. Well, the, well, I go by what the, the – the team wears when they're on the road, you know. So if the uh, <laughs> so, I'm probably gonna be going with the probably gonna go with the Jerry Rice white jersey like last time. And they beat the Rams last time when they all when they're over there. I mean, Jerry Rice have had some great memorable games against the Rams over the years. So as John Taylor, yeah. and when I think of John Taylor, though, by the way, when you talk about Jordan and the second man uh, Pippen, I think John Taylor reminds me similar what. James, similar like James Worthy, big game James, uh, with the Lakers back in the in their their uh, Showtime Lakers, mm-hmm. their run in the 1980s. I mean, and I think I remember when he had that big triple double against the Pistons in that seventh game of the '88 Finals, and he was the playoff MVP. Probably would have been it would have been the MVP in '84 if they hadn't uh, choked that series against the Celtics in the '84 Finals, but. James Worthy was like probably like my second favorite Laker player. My favorite three was Magic Johnson, of course, James Worthy, and Byron Scott. Man, 
I mean, what? I, I mean, so many good memories. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why I love my job uh, to get these guys on here. And um, me too. God, what day? What time? So, um, so I, I'm gonna put you on hold just for a second here, Bry. Um, Jeff, uh, what yes, are your sir. thoughts on this uh, this game coming up, man? What are we thinking? I, what are we thinking? I'm thinking the Niners' defense needs to uh, get to Bradford, hit Bradford uh, every mm-hmm. other play, and uh, force the turnovers that Tampa Bay did. And if you force the turnovers and we don't have one of four plays by our quarterback and we can lim- not have any turnovers our end, I don't see that why the Rams should be not uh, – Headed home for the rest of the season. I believe the Niners will should take it if we have no mistakes and we do what needs to be done. There's no reason that SoFi in two weeks from Sunday should not be covered in red again. I agree with you, Jeff, because you know Stafford's never been in one of these games. Um, you know Stafford has folded under bigger big game pressures. Um, and when he realizes what this is for, I, I think you're going to see a little blue on his face. I mean, he might go back to the Detroit, the Detroit Lions' uh, mental thoughts. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if there's a chance to get a couple picks, got to make those catches, guys. Got to make, gotta make them count. Uh, because yeah, you're going to ha- you're going to. They're going to turn the Rams into one dimension. The Rams ain't going to run. They're not going to run. I mean, look at Green Bay couldn't run. Dallas couldn't run. I mean, the Rams were running over us the first half with literally running the ball on us. And when the Niners came out of halftime and said, okay, no more, you're not running the ball again, the game changed right then and there because the Niners then turned the switch on and said, okay, you're not going to run the ball on us, so go ahead and throw in. What happened? Bosa, Armstead, and all them turn their ears back and say, okay, us front four is going to get you. And that's yeah, what they I did. Hope, I hope the young guy, uh, Akers, runs the ball. That guy's a fumbling machine. My lordy. Oh, yeah. What did he, what did he turn over? Two or three times, whatever it was. But uh, uh, he almost twice. gave that game away. He fumbled twice. Uh, fumbled once. Yeah. And I believe Bradford was the other fumble. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... They can't you know, do that. No. Nope. Mm-mm. No, you can't do that. You can't you do can't that. You can't do that. I mean, it's it's too late in the season. It's the wrong type of games. They got lucky through their four turnovers that they had. That Tampa Bay wasn't closer than they were when it started. Because if Tampa Bay was a touchdown closer when the comeback started... L.A., we'd be in Tampa Bay this weekend. I, I, I tell you what right now, Jeff. If they have Godwin over there, I, I, think, it, I think you're right. I think it's a different story. Because I oh, yeah. don't think I, – I think Gronkowski's kind of coming to his end, even though he can still make plays. Uh, but if they you were know, Godwin on the other side, ooh, I got ooh. one thing to say about Gronkowski. He is yeah. the biggest – tight end that I've ever seen that could be tackled by an one skinny cornerback. He goes down at first contact <laughs> every time. 
I'm watching that game. I'm like, dude, you're twice the size of that man. How's he bringing you down? You should be just bull throwing him and keep going. Kittle's not as big as Gronkowski is, and Kittle just runs through the dudes. I'm like, how how do you fall so easy, dude? That's the difference in Tampa Bay and the Niners, though. There ain't a Niner player that goes down on first contact. No. Now, Tampa Bay, they go down on first contact. Even Fournette went down on first contact. That's the yeah. difference I see between Tampa Bay and us. You're not going to drop the Niners on first contact. Ooh. Anybody. You're not going to hit and tackle anybody on first contact on the 49ers offense. Tampa Bay, they all fell on first contact. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, let's let's go back to Bry. Uh Bry, what's your what do you think about this game? I mean, uh what's your estimate what's going to happen in the, in, in this upcoming game? I think the Niners, you know, the defense is going to rattle. I think what well, comes down to experience, I think this is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, second uh, NFC championship. He'd been to a couple with moves with the Patriots as a backup, but i got to give mm-hmm. the advantage to the 49ers. Matthew Stafford, uh, this is his first time playing at, at this magnitude at this stage of any season. And uh, this is, uh, you know, the Niners are playing hot right now. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I like the 49ers. I, I think they're they're just a more physical. They're going to, you know, they're going to mow you down. Uh, you know, Kyle run one play but have, you know, 50 different motions. And, um, you know, defense gets tired of that. I mean, you know, that's why Donald, you know, they'll probably – You'll probably see him on the outside. You'll see him on the defensive end. Um, they'll try to move him around. And, um, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but, again, you know, they, even like Kansas City and uh, the Bengals, um, you know, same thing. I would worry about Joe, Joe Burrow, but, um, you know, not having the experience. But at the same time, you know, Kansas City offensive line, uh you know, even though that's you know they won, I, I they had some question marks with that that offensive line from uh, you know it did get better from last year, but um, there's a, some big question marks with Kansas City's offensive line. I still think, um, and then uh, you know, um, you know we'll see, we'll see. I mean, obviously execution guys. That's what we always talk about here on Niners Radio. And, um, you know, it looks like um, I haven't got the update for the injury list but yet, but um, it looks like pretty much um, everyone should be ready to go. Uh, we got good news on Trent Williams. He'll be uh, – all his x-rays came back fine. Um, so I'm sure they'll, they'll work He's on – He's getting uh, the week off. They're, they're resting yeah, him this week. Yeah, they're working week. Yep. A lot of uh, him and Debo both are going to be very limited in practice this week. Kyle came out and said that today that those okay. two will be so, probably limited at all week due to the, you know, the just the bumps and bruises they took. It's going to be a more 
Uh, even Kittle said that today in the, or yesterday in the press conference uh, or Sunday when they met that it's going to be more of a mental preparation and more of style of a walkthrough mm-hmm. practices this week to to get the bodies to recoup from from Saturday. Yeah, I have a feeling they'll probably be in the uh, where the what are those things called the oxygen tanks? Yeah, I, I went in one a couple weeks ago. They put you in this air oxygen tank. It's supposed to make you heal faster and um, probably a lot of uh, hot tub pulls and uh, just trying to get all those muscles uh, ready for that for that huge game for that huge game. So um, so uh, as we look at the schedule, um, we have the uh, first up the Bengals at the Chiefs. And that is a noon start Pacific time. And then the 49ers and Rams, that is a 3.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time over there. Um, doesn't say, let's see here. Doesn't say what channel. <laughs> I don't know. Fox. Do you know that? If both, uh, on are they both on Fox? No, the first one is on uh, NBC or CBS. CBS, yes. Okay, okay. So we'll have that, and then. um... And we have it's going to be Joe Buck, Troy Aikman for the Sunday game, of course. Great. They're the just what I. They're the main Fox. They're they're the main Fox guys, you know, number one team. So and I, I believe we have I believe it's uh Romo and whoever's with Romo for the first game. Jim Nance. Then Jim Nance, Jim yeah, Nance, that's okay. CBS's number one team. So you got the both their number one ups and then of course Super Bowl, you have Collinsworth and Michaels. I don't know. listen to Romo I'll tell you, it's true. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind Aikman. He actually hammered the hammered the yeah. Cowboys pretty good and you know, and now it's in the, the game. So he wasn't too bad. It's just Joe, Joe Buck <laughs> for yeah. me. Um, so um, besides for the championship game, guys, uh, what we have coming up here is um, Friday, February 4th, the Washington football team will have a press conference, and they will announce their new name. Um, then that Sunday – AFC, NFC, Pro Bowl, if everyone – does anyone even still watch that? I don't think I've watched oh, that in I like don't. 10 years. I'd probably like to watch and the old Pro no- Bowl, old, like from the 80s and 90s. The last time I remember even reading something about the Pro Bowl was when they used to have the sand games and someone – a bunch of players got hurt, so they had to stop it. and um, I think that was the last time I even mentioned anything like that. And then um, we are praying and hoping that we are playing on February 13th. Um, and that obviously is the Super Bowl. And that will be on 3.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see uh, what goes on there. Um, and since it's Tuesday, it's way too early for predictions. So uh, I will look for social media, and Brian will be doing a report, I imagine, 
uh, pregame for that. So go check that out and uh, we'll get that out to you guys. And, uh, um, and Brian, are we talking to, um, are we talking to our buddy uh, Dennis Brown this week? Uh, I don't think he's not going to be available in person, but I already texted him. I'm trying to get back with him. He already okay. told me, but I will be, I might be going out to Santa Clara to do a, a an update uh, at Levi's Stadium where fans are buying stuff, uh, buying Niner gear. I do a news story out there at Levi's Stadium, uh, may as well. So, you know, if I do, I can't make no promises, but if I, I, really, I, I shoot them out of text, uh, I think, yesterday. So if uh, um, if we do do an interview, it's probably going to be a pre-recorded audio condensed. And then yep. um, Friday, if I don't, you know, Friday, I'm probably going to be going all the way out to uh, Santa Clara to Levi Stadium, just give an update what's going on with the 49ers uh, for a preview of the NFC Championship and uh, get some interviews by some fans at the team store. So, you know. If I'm going to go out to Santa Clara, you know, may as well. This is probably the best time to just to, you know, because, you know, fans are going to be buying all the gear, though. So, you know, and uh, this is exciting. This is what you play for, you know. I think where this team has been at, you know, and uh, where, you know, where has it been, you know, now they're just one win away from getting back to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, it would be something if if they were to win on Sunday. I would, my ultimate dream would be covering the 49ers for Niners Radio in the Super Bowl. That would just be be something because who knows what will happen, you know. And we've had conversations on the phone though about oh, uh, you know, about about uh, it. It could be some. It could be some melting pot or something down there. It could put me on the on the map or something. Who knows? Because we talked about it. Uh, Numerous times uh, about, you know, trying to get your foot into the door. That's like trying to break through that goal line, you know. And when and, the 49ers uh, and, and it, uh, hope, hopefully do win, um, I've been told American Airlines will bring them home. Um, you will not be able to get close to the 49ers. Uh, but the 49ers are opening the gates um, for the buses that uh, take them back to uh, Levi Stadium. Um, so for those crazy people that want to stay up really, really early in the morning, um, you can, uh, go over by Levi stadium and, uh, wave to them with the, uh, with, as the buses bring them back to their cars. So, um, with that being said, uh, you know, I uh, love, uh, this Brian? was a great, Brian? So, yeah, Brian, go ahead. one more thing, uh, sure. pregame show for Sunday, we'll, uh, I'll be back at Keysar pub. For the 49ers pregame NFC Championship pregame, we'll be at the Keysar Pub. We're going to go on the air in the Bay Area about around around 2:30 Pacific Standard Time, right before uh, before the uh, before uh, before we send it to uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and the and Aaron Andrews and Tom Vinaldi for Fox. And of course, if you don't want to listen to uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Fox, you can flip it to for all the Niner faithful in the Bay Area on KMBR, 680-104.5 FM and 107.7 FM, The Bone. Great Papa Tim Ryan with the call and 49ers pregame live will be on in the Bay Area on NBC Sports Bay Area with Laura Brett, Takeo Spikes, Joe Staley, and the hitman Dante Whitner. And 49ers postgame live will come on immediately following the game on NBC Sports Bay Area. Well, thanks for that, Brian. 
And then um, as well, uh, before we run any airtime, um, I would like to thank uh, Ryan Sakamoto, um, Jamie Winborn, obviously, John Taylor, um, Jeff, uh, Brian, and uh, this was a great show, guys. Uh, so um, until uh, we have a lot more to talk about, uh, one way or the other, um, so we'll see you guys next week, and thank you for listening to Niners Radio, and as always, go Niners. Catch me now, not gonna let him catch me midnight ride.